0: Welcome to the Hellraiser Podcast Hello, welcome to episode 30 of the Hellraiser Podcast I'm Peter and with me is Phil Hello Hello Mm. And today we're going to be talking about the movie Candyman (sighs) So before we launch into our discussion about Candyman First of all we want to conclude our competition Competition Our Nicholas Vince competition Very exciting times Yeah so, as you remember, the competition was to win a signed copy of Nicholas Vince's book of short stories, What Monsters Do. Mm. And the question we asked was, what's the name of the story that Nick wrote about the origin of the Chatterer? Mm. And the answer was... Look-see. Look-see. We had a few people... <laughs> had a few people writing in. Thank you very much for everyone who entered, but there can only be one winner. Mm-hmm. We only have one book, so... Phil, you've got all the people's names written on pieces of paper. Mm. If I can, let me put my hand in. Rummage around. Let me put my hand in. I've got one. And the winner is... David Withers. David Withers, come on down. Yeah. Where is he? He's not here. Oh, right. We have to send him the book. Oh, I see. So, David Withers, congratulations. You are the winner of the book, What Monsters Do, signed by Nicholas Vince himself. A collector's so, item. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we will probably email you to say that as well, just in case you haven't listened to this episode, because you might not have seen Candyman. You might not have. David. Yeah. Hopefully you have, because well, we like you, David. You mm. just won a competition. Yeah, well done. So if you do hear this before you get our email, <laughs> send us an email with your address and we will send you the book. Mm. So well done, David. And well done. Thanks to everyone else who entered. We'll do more competitions as we go along. mm And uh, marvellous. So, let's talk about Candyman magic. I am the writing on the wall, the whisper in the classroom. Without these things, I am nothing. So now, I must shed innocent blood. Come with me. Ooh. Ooh. From the year 1992. Yeah. And why are we talking about this film, Phil? Um, Because it's based on a a story by Clive Barker Yes it is No less And not only that I do believe this is the first feature film Based on one of his stories that he didn't direct Mm. If that makes sense Makes sense I think there was a TV film Or an episode of a TV show I think it was Tales of the Unexpected That was based on The Yattering and Jack Which is a short story from the Books of Blood But this film is based on a story called The Forbidden Also Mm. from the Books of Blood Actually, it was Tales from the Dark Side, not Tales of the Unexpected. Oh. Sorry. Okay. There was a TV show called Tales from the Dark Side, and one of the episodes in 1987, I think, the same year as Hellraiser, okay. was uh, based on The Yattering and Jack, which is a brilliant story. That one's really good. But we're not here to talk about that. Not, not this time. No, we're talking about Candyman. Candyman. So in terms of Clive Barker, you've had, he's done Hellraiser and Hellraiser 2, And, of course, before that, there was Underworld, a.k.a. Transmutations, and Rawhead Rex. Don't don't speak about that. (laughs) I'm going to talk about his films, because we're going to be going through all of his films at some point or other. Yeah. So, Underworld, Rawhead Rex, then he did Hellraiser, Hellraiser 2, and then the same year, Hellraiser 3 and Candyman came out. Mmm. I missed out Nightbreed. But he did that as well. (laughs) As you know. Good (laughs) grief, man. Anyway, here we are in 1992... And there are two horror films coming out, one's called Hellraiser 3, it sounds interesting. I like the sound of it. Maybe we should check that one out at some point. Yeah, I think we will. And the other one is called Candyman. Mm. Which one would you go and see? Mm. Well, I'd look at the trailers first. Alright. <laughs> I quite like the first two Hellraiser films, so I'd probably go and see Hellraiser 3. Yeah, I'd go and see that one too.
1: Yeah, but I'd also, after I'd seen that one, I might see I'd both, then go, you know. I, th- I fancy a look at
0: this Candyman, what's it all about? Mm. Well, I'll tell you. All right. It's based on an urban legend mm. created for the film. Mm. Whereas if you say the name Candyman in the mirror five times, a man with a hook for a hand will turn up behind you and kill you. No.
1: Oh, yeah. So, very similar to the Bloody Mary urban legend. I think
0: <laughs> <laughs> So this is a podcast about the film, but we are going to be talking about the short story The Forbidden as well. So here is your spoiler warning for the film and the story. hmm so if you haven't read the story and don't want it to be ruined, then pause this, go and read it, it's very good, and come back. And if you haven't seen the film, you probably aren't listening to this episode. But <laughs> if you have, then everything's groovy. So, the story from the Books of Blood is about a young lady called Helen, who is investigating graffiti in urban environments to write a thesis for her university. So shall we, shall we say as you go through yeah. how it differs in the film? We shall do that. That's very good. So, and in the film, Candyman, so we'll refer to them as the Forbidden and Candyman, shall we? Yeah. Yeah, good. In Candyman, she's not researching graffiti, she's actually researching urban legends with her friend Bernadette. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that's the first major difference. Yep. The second major difference is the whole say the name five times and he appears is only from the film. That's not in the story, the Forbidden. Right. So how does he appear in the story then, Peter? One might ask. Mm, It's a bit ambiguous. I'm not going to go into the details because it's a bit confusing and I'll get myself confused. I don't want you to be confused. But Basically, in the the story, she hears about a couple of murders and then there is a third murder of a child. Mm. The same child that gets abducted in the film version, Mm -hmm. but it gets killed in the story. And then she meets, right at the end, she meets Candyman, who names himself as Candyman, but no one else has said that yet. And he's this skinny white guy with yellow skin and long hair and right. weird multicolored clothes. Wow. And he's got loads of bees in him. He's got bees in him. And for some reason in the story, the whole of this housing estate is kind of in cahoots to protect the world from Candyman or from knowing about Candyman. Mm. So this baby's been killed, but they kind of give the baby's body to him as a sacrifice for a bit. mm And then they put it in the middle of this massive bonfire. Mm. And she crawls into the bonfire to get it, to prove that there's evidence that this baby's been killed or something. Mm -hmm. And then it gets set on fire. She's in the middle of it. Candyman turns up and they all die. Okay. So she gets killed at the end of the story. Mm -hmm. However, However, in the film, she doesn't. So Well, she does get killed. Oh, no, she does, yeah. <laughs> but not in the middle of the bonfire. Not in the she middle of just the stay bonfire. There. She and, she get, get and she away. saves the child. She does. In the so film. the film's quite different to the story, isn't it, really? Yeah, it is. It's, the, it's a very similar setup. Um, the characters are quite similar. But the whole storyline of her being wrongfully accused of the murders, that's made just for the film, mm. which, um, which I really like. I think that's good. I, I really like that. Because um, that is
1: a... Whenever that's used in any, any kind of story... It's really frightening, isn't it? Yeah. When you, you know that thing of waking up, you've got a knife in your hand, and someone's dead. Yeah, everyone's like, "Open the door," and you're like, oh, "It wasn't me." And then you get that. to the stage where you think, "Well, was it I me? can't remember. Yeah. yeah, was it me? I think that works really well in the film. Um, she, her, sort of questioning herself and sort of almost thinking, "Am I going insane?" Mm. And you, as the audience, going, "Is she going insane?" <laughs>
0: Yeah, because either you're completely down for the ride, the supernatural ride where this guy turns up and he's, you know, a supernatural ghost demon monster. Mm. Or it's all about this woman going mad. It's a great, great idea. And Mm. I think I
1: really like the way they did it in the film with the urban legend, you know, researching urban legends. And this one happens to be true. So they go looking for something that's not true.
0: Yes, they just want some stories. And, and she, well, she takes some photos.
1: Yeah, it? and it turns out to be true. Yeah.
0: Um, so it, I just really like the idea. Yeah, I do. It's good. So they go to this really scary project building, housing tenement type place in Chicago, Cabrini Green, mm. where apparently, according to uh, our very limited research we've done on this one, because it's not a Hellraiser film, so we don't know a lot about it, <laughs> but we've done some research. And apparently they, they had to get permission from the gangs who live there to film there. <laughs> and they only let them do it if they could appear in the background as extras. Good grief. <laughs> That's what I read. Good Obviously, grief. none of this is substantiated. A lot of it's from Wikipedia or IMDb. So it might not be true. But that's what I read. No. Which well, is quite interesting. Because that is a really scary bit. When they first go to this place, and everyone's been saying, don't go there, you'll get killed. Mm. And they go there, and these guys downstairs, these young guys are like, you know, what are you doing here? Mm. That is frightening. And, and the, I think that the police. That Yeah, that that's what I like about this film
1: is that it uses a location that's frightening and you're scared because you think they're going to get murdered or raped or yeah. whatever. But it's actually something, it's actually an urban legend that's, is what really is stalking yeah. them, which yeah, is yeah, quite
0: yeah. cool. And then she finds this abandoned apartment and when she goes into it, there's a hole in the wall that's... A mural has been drawn around it with the hole being the guy's mouth, mural of a guy's big guy's head. Mm, and that that's from brilliant. the story as well. That's in the story. That's really cool. Yeah, that is really cool. And it's a really frightening image. Mm.
1: That's a really cool because in that room they've got a little bowl, haven't they, of, of sweets. Yeah. With razor blades in them, like as an offering mm-hmm. to I think him. it's
0: on a mattress, I think.
1: And it's really weird. <laughs> and that's
0: also where the, the baby ends up. When mm. uh, he kidnaps the baby so that she'll give herself to him. Hmm. That's very that that's very Clive Barkery stuff. I thought the sweets
1: with the razor blades in and yeah. and stuff like yeah, that yeah. and the mural. That's very good. Um so yeah, so I like uh, the change in the film to doing, uh to be researching urban
0: legends. Yeah, I do. It's a really smart but,
1: move. But I really like in the story the idea of her researching graffiti
0: Mm. because it all makes sense you know you're going to end up in some creepy
1: places if you're looking at graffiti
0: I've got to say this about the story it's amazingly well written in terms of everything she does there's proper motivation behind it and there's a reason for her to do all these things like you know she goes in she has to get these photos of these things so that she can remember exactly how they look and put them in her book or thesis whatever she's doing Mm. whereas in the film that doesn't always come across in the film every now and again she does something you think oh come on that's stupid what are you doing that for yeah she's not I didn't find her a terribly likeable character in the film
1: and as it went on I started to wonder whether or not this was like a, a deliberate choice mm. because she is a, a researcher you know she's a, she's someone who thinks she knows yeah. stuff whether it's like a comment on people who blunder into things thinking I know what I'm doing here I'm going to find out all about this and I'll be great Whereas, in fact, she's completely out of her
0: depth. It could be. And that's that's very much the case in the scene where she goes into the gentleman's toilets, where she's heard about the kid being killed there. Mm. And these youths, well, these guys come in and beat the crap out of her. Yeah, and that's a great... Which is fair enough, because as soon as she goes in, you think, oh, don't go in there, you idiot, you might get <laughs> raped or beaten up. Yeah. And that's a great... Um
1: that's a great idea that the that a local you know gangster has taken the identity of Candyman yeah that's so, cool you know he's using that to frighten people with so when, when people are talking to her yeah. about Candyman mm. they're probably referencing the real guy
0: yeah and then of uh, course he gets caught by the police and sent down
1: yeah so it's
0: all fine but it's not all fine and he turns up with his rich deep
1: voice it's <laughs>
0: yes, the real Tony Todd yeah
1: yeah, and uh, I really like Tony Todd in this film. Oh, he's, he's great. Brilliant. He's um, a real one-off.
0: He's really, he's really menacing without being over the top. Yeah, he's very um, because good. Because he's kind of chilled out, really. He's, just, <laughs> he's calm. He's just explaining all these things. He's calm, isn't he? Yeah, come yeah. with me, be my victim, and we'll live forever in people's imaginations and stories.
1: And that is great, be my <laughs> victim yeah it's fantastic and the whole idea that he can't exist unless people are talking about him mm. and it's almost it's almost as if he's sort of providing a service like him being evil monster yeah. murdering people brings everyone else together and gives them something to talk about gives them some kind of you know when he says like lovers will yeah. you know go together because of yeah. us you know and all that kind of thing there's something in that that I think wow you know that that is something that needs to make up the fabric of society mm. is having ghost stories and Monsters and legends, and legends. Um, so he's not entirely bad, although he is. You know, he's one of those horror icons that yeah. everyone likes, but he is quite awful. I mean, he does mind like killing little kids, and no, you know, <laughs> he's pretty evil. I guess.
0: Yeah, well, he's not a nice guy. No, he used to be though, didn't he?
1: Well hey, you know he, you was, talk about his backstory for a he was
0: wronged As they say in the film None of this stuff about his backstory is from the book In the book he's just some guy He's a white guy And he, there's no backstory at all There's no description of who he used to be Or why he's full of bees <laughs> Or anything like that He's just a creepy guy a bit Much like the Cenobites in the first Hellraiser film hmm. Which some would argue Is better if you don't know where people are from, because if you try and over-explain things it can get a bit muddy, and not as scary. Yeah, I I like less explanation myself. Mm. And in the film, you go the whole story of him being the son of a slave, and he was given a good education, he was a wonderful artist, but then he had a commission to paint this woman, this young girl, virginal girl, fell in love with her, got her pregnant, and she was a white girl. And he was a black guy, and this was not on in the whenever it was with eighteen hundreds, I think. Uh, yes, was it? I think something so. like that. Um, and so he got <clears throat> done in in a horrible way. They cut his hand off, and there happened to be loads of beehives nearby. They stole honey, smeared him with honey, and he was stung to death. Yeah, which I am not. I am not keen on you really. <laughs> know <laughs> what being stung to death.
1: No, I don't like it. <laughs> um, no, the um, the whole thing of the backstory, because like in the book, you know, yeah, he's got. He's got a hook hand and he's got yeah. bees in him and all this kind of stuff, but it's just creepy and weird. Whereas in the yeah. film it's like they've gone, so why would he have a hook hand? Right, yeah, okay, now. they chop his hand off. Yeah, okay. And then why has he got loads bees he got in him? bees in him? Hmm. Well, they, they killed him with yeah. bees. Okay, yeah, yeah, I like They that. covered him in bees. That's, they covered him in honey. That's why they call him Candyman. Oh, yeah,
0: good. Okay, go with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not buying it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it does, It yeah. You're right, it can be a little... It's not, it's not like you're going to jump out of your chair and go, oh God,
1: that's awful. But it's, um, I don't think it's necessary
0: to be honest. But also, I mean, the good thing is when we hear that story, it's the other, the research guy, the other professor, who's a complete (laughs) dick. It's him sort of going, well, I know this story. Let me tell you all about it. And he's basically doing the story as an urban legend story. So it might not be true, you know. It
1: might not be true, but then they they tie it all together with the murals. that well, they do the yeah. <laughs> of
0: him, the paintings. and it kind of implies that Helen looks like the woman that he loved. Yeah, that kind of Helen might be the the spirit of the woman mm. that he loved.
1: That's what I got from it. <laughs> well, yeah, me too. he says it was always you, Helen. I know, but surely he would have written, "You look like that." You look woman. like that like, girl I like. <laughs> More than like they were in love. They were in on. love. They were passionately in love. So in the beginning. Candyman was a, a nice chap yeah, who was, he was wronged. Little, you know. um, he but was, this where I, mean, I was going with this and now he's a, and now he's a like homicidal an, oh, a total <laughs> swine. You know, and he keeps going I have to, you know, I have to carry on otherwise, you know, people have to talk about me otherwise I can't exist. Yeah. I'm like, well, why, why do you need to exist? I mean, we, did, we discussed <laughs> hey, it we just all a minute ago exist. and we were like, you know, maybe it's providing a service for society but at the same time, mm. give it a rest.
0: <laughs> Stop killing people. It's man. just
1: a bit much. But I uh, I do enjoy this film. I have to say. I yeah, like me it. Me too. I it's, like it. It's, it's, it's a good film. Um it doesn't sort of put loads of shocks right up front. It builds up, it builds up. I like the way it's filmed. I like the cinematography yeah, a lot. I think some of the shots in it are great. And I really like the music.
0: Yeah. Wow. Me too.
1: And I like the acting. Sorry, guys, I'm mentioning you last, but I think I think everyone <laughs> no, in the is film good. is really good. Um, the sort of central core of characters I found quite annoying, but I kind of felt like I was supposed to.
0: Mm. <laughs> yeah, it was good. And Virginia Madsen, who plays Helen, mm. she's very good in it.
1: She's very believable and um, yeah.
0: she's got a lot to go through in this film. She does <laughs> yeah, it well. Just a little, yeah.
1: What do you think about it, Peter? Yeah,
0: I agree. I, I really... I like the film. I think it's, it's very good. It's one of those classic horror films, of course, and all kids know about it even from the playground. You know, that's, that's where I first heard about it, mm. in the school playground. You know, hey, do you know that if you say Candyman into a film, into a mirror, into a film, into a mirror five times, then he'll appear and he's got a hook for his hand. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's this a new film that's just come out. Well, that's the thing, because I remember being sort
1: of actually frightened of that idea, yeah,
0: why well, don't so, see why any kid wouldn't be?
1: But that's weird, isn't it? Now you watch it, you know, as a grown-up, and you're like, oh, this is a good film. Yeah, it's quite interesting. But I remember being thinking, oh, my God, what if he does come?
0: Well, yeah, but what you if, say that. But if, if, if does... you're on your own late at night in a house, and you go to a mirror, and you say Candyman four times, and then you look at yourself, and you say Candyman last time, and part of you goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really good. It's very simple, but effective technique and it's great they used it in the film because as i said it's not in the story but it's a it's a wonderful technique and a brilliant thing to use for a film yeah mm. i agree and especially the bit where she she just calls him up when the doctor doesn't believe her mm-hmm. like well i'll show you hang on and she calls him up and he just kills the doctor i mean that's good goes, because oh, oops. <laughs> by
1: that point you kind of think nothing's going to happen this mm. time because <laughs> she's sort of strapped into a chair with a doctor on her own in a room, yeah. But he just keeps putting her in a situation where it looks like she's murdered loads of people, which is awful, you know. She's being framed by something
0: that doesn't exist. Well, that's kind of why he's doing it, though, isn't it? Because he wants her to be famous. He wants her to be yeah. well known. Absolutely, and they'll never forget yeah. about you. Yeah. Um, and then he's and like, if you had of... come with me to start with, like I asked you to, none of this would have happened. And she does, you know, become
1: another urban legend. Mm. by the end of the film she becomes another folk hero it's yeah. you know the the, um, the people of the of the area the Cabrini Green come to her grave mm. and drop Candyman's hook in
0: that they found yeah I thought that was a bit disrespectful fire. which comes if off as I a was bit... the husband I'd be like what are you doing yeah. she was accused of that, those murders what are you shoving that hook in her grave for <laughs> so
1: they drop that in as a sort of mark of respect but yeah. now you know that it's her that they're going to be
0: wary of mm. or it's her that they're going to kind of give yeah. offerings to. And that is a good twist at the end.
1: That she kills her
0: husband. That he, she turns up. That she can
1: now turn up. Yeah, she can turn up if you... you say, say Helen into a mirror. So he sort of... Uh, her husband shacks up with this student, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. And that's... We were both quite shocked by her just wandering around with oh, at her the end. boobs out. Yeah. For she's no this, reason. This
0: very tight top on with exceedingly pert nipples... <laughs> And she just... It's quite exploitative. It's it's just strange, isn't it? It is
1: that It's in there for no
0: sort of reason. Because there's some slight nudity earlier in the film with Mm. Virginia Madsen. And when I was a young boy, I remember watching it going, ooh, ooh, ooh. But then at the end, there's just this girl walking around with basically her boobs out. Yeah. Um, So that was a bit weird. It is weird. And that did did take us out of the film, actually, unfortunately. We both went, "Um, is that necessary? although I can't remember what it was
1: like when I first watched it
0: because it's a
1: good it's a good distraction in a way because you're like oh my god wow look at her and then suddenly I guess so Virginia <laughs> Madison Manson turns up and, and murders him maybe yeah. maybe that's maybe, that was why maybe it was it.
0: thought of all along. Oh.
1: Um,
0: maybe that's why she's so cross in that scene because they made her <laughs> <laughs> they made yeah. her very prominent um, Dear me yeah I wasn't sure if that was necessary mm, no I wasn't I wasn't totally no Taken on that one. But, as you said, most of it is very well shot. Especially all the aerial shots. Yeah, they, they really took time. Really there's stylized. loads of um, great
1: bits. You know, there's a bit like where she's walking through the car park and her friend's car sort of comes down the yeah. ramp behind her, mm. then alongside of her, then down the other ramp yeah. as the car as the camera moves along,
0: dollies along. And I just thought, they've taken some time to think about this, you know. Yeah. It's very good. No, it's it's a very well-made film. And the guy that made it is an English guy. He wrote and directed it. And he, they said it in America, in Chicago. Because, I think partly because the film had American money behind it. Mm. And also because, you know, it would get a wider audience. And more people in America could going to go and see And that's the biggest, you know, Western film market. So it made sense. Absolutely. But um, they weren't sure, I think, to start with, whether he'd be able to do a good screenplay or not, because he's an English guy. <laughs> <laughs> but he's quoted on Clive Barker's website, saying something, What well, one of his quotes that's been put on the website saying something like it doesn't matter where you're from or how you have to have the characters speak what matters is the story and the characters and what they're saying and you can research how people speak easily true which is true absolutely if true If you've got a good story and good characters then you can get someone else to find out how people talk <laughs> in Gaprini <laughs> green they say hi instead of hello they do there you go it's easy they call the police the five O. <laughs> Here are your notes for today. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's um Yeah, it's very interesting, very mm. good. And I also like how Candyman is actually introduced. You know, he's not mm. he's not kind of appear, you know, in a big cloud of smoke or anything like that. Yeah. He just walks over to her. Yeah, and really slowly. It's really well done. It's 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 just really like you know he and he's sort of saying, "Well, I, I was compelled to come." Mm. You've and he's kind of saying, "You've put me in this position because you've got rid of all my flock, yeah, my congregation. Mm. People believed in me, and now you have got this guy arrested who was pretending to be me. Therefore, the threat has gone." And they all think. And they all it think it was just him. It's just him. So she kind of digs her own grave, basically, yeah. by meddling again, by meddling in something that she's not supposed to.
0: So even though she has said. Candyman in the mirror five times. If she hadn't got that guy arrested, do you think he might have left her alone? He may have done. Mm. Or he may have used her as another example
1: of his power to keep it going. But anyway, he was... She was doomed from the point that she got rid of that guy, I think. Yeah. Definitely. No, yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. And on that subject, going back a bit to the the toilet where she gets beaten up by the guys, the story, why she goes in there, is really horrible. Of This mm. young mentally retarded guy who went into the this loo because his mum was doing some shopping and she was busy and just got messed up by a guy with a hook and his genitals cut off and shoved down a toilet. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah. It is horrible. And they show that, you know, they show the scene. Not to, to show it happening, but they show a flashback to this poor guy on the floor clutching his groin and then the next cubicle, blood everywhere. Yeah. They've got it all in this film. They've got a
1: Poor dog that gets his head yeah. chopped off, and oh, it's a uh, it's, it's a little. It's, it's quite slow paced, but when but it, it, when stuff happens, it's quite. Ooh. Yeah, it is quite
0: gruesome in places.
1: There's some really good um, blood effects in it as well. I noticed, yeah, like when a kind he, of
0: blood mist. Yes, um, when, which is great when Candyman is killing people. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's, it's really good. It's really and did, really cool. in the credits it says Bob Keen was involved in the special Bob effects. Bob Keen, yeah, Bob of course, Keen. of Hellraiser fame, Hellraiser and Hellraiser Two. Infamy. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and that was good. Yeah, good gore. Good gore, man. Good gore,
1: and there's some images in it that really stick in my mind, like um, where she's strapped to the bed in hospital, mm. and Candyman kind of floats down towards yeah. her horizontally. Yeah, and you look at it, and it looks, you know, it looks fine. The effect looks okay, but that really has stuck in my head all these years. Mm. When I think about Candyman, that's one of the images that sticks in my brain. And I think, oh, that's that bit where he's kind of floating towards it. A bit like Nosferatu with mm. his
0: hands kind of waving in front of him. Yeah. Um, it's really cool. And of course, the torso missing and full of bees is quite an iconic of image. <laughs> of course, the old torso missing
1: and full of bees gag. I remember there. that one. Yes because um, yeah the, the costume I was, I was saying to Peter before is is not what I would have expected well his big coat he's got a big you know big fluffy coat <laughs> um, doesn't sort of look the way that you'd think no uh, but it works it looks good it looks cool yeah it does and his hand the hook hand is all wet and weird yeah. and it's got like nails that sort of yeah. the hook's sort of been wedged into the stump yeah so it doesn't come out yeah
0: because there's no point trying to kill someone then your hook getting stuck in them isn't well, it well I wouldn't know well, I'm telling you. Right, right-o. And apparently, speaking of bees, Virginia Madsen is allergic to bees. Mm. Or bee stings. So when they did the scene with her and bees, there was a an ambulance on set as well, just in case. They really went for it with those bees. I mean, that is a great scene because Tony t- <laughs> yeah. Todd's got them in his He's mouth. He's got
1: real bees in his mouth. Uh, they're coming out of his mouth. You can see that they're really crawling around yeah.
0: on them. And, um It does make you go... This is where practical effects beat CGI every time. Yes. Because you know there's no CGI involved. Yes. So you know there are bees in his mouth. In fact, I think every single time I've seen computerised bees in a film,
1: it's been rubbish. Bees, specifically. Mm. I'm thinking of examples now. I'm not going to name and shame them all. The Wicker Man remake. (laughs) (laughs) But there's some films that have got
0: CGI bees and they're rubbish. Not the bees! (laughs) Um... But also, apparently, according to IMDb, again, so this might not be true, ladies and gentlemen, but they made sure they had special bees that were only 12 hours old. Mm. Because that is the age where they look adult, but they haven't got their full stings yet. So that's essentially if they're in your mouth. Yeah, <laughs> or you're
1: covered in them and you're allergic to them. <laughs> so every, every bee, they were like, how old are you? And he's like, uh,
0: 12? Are you?
1: 13? Oh. oh, sorry, mate. <laughs> no filming for you today
0: so yeah it was quite dangerous for her
1: um, the music as well I think oh yeah Philip Glass special mention Philip Glass Philip did Philip the Glass. music and he, f- he felt betrayed apparently um, yeah because he composed this really gothic soundtrack for what he thought was going to be a bit of an indie quirky yeah, low film yeah. and then he thought it was a bit Hollywood slashery slick so um, he didn't let them release the recording did he for years
0: and years no you can get it I think now yeah and it is good it's good music but it's his, his typical Philip Glass minimalistic organs and voices
1: I think it's piano. really good it really sets up the scene yeah, so like when great. the film begins there's a brilliant aerial shot mm. of streets yeah and it's the title comes up Candyman and the music's sort of like and it's just it's a really it really sets its stall out straight away and just goes right this film is going to be pretty crazy you're going to enjoy it or else
0: yeah or else a man with the hook's going to get you chop your bits off and put them in the toilet Oh, so Tony Todd then this was the first thing I ever saw him in mm. and he became a horror icon immediately when this film came out which is. and we haven't said this this film did really well oh it did it, it was, was critically well, well received, received and did really well at the box office as well yeah so all in all it's a complete success story it is it had two sequels uh, have you seen I haven't actually seen them I have I will watch them yeah, Very I'd like soon. to watch them again, though. Okay, I we'll just remember him. kind of thinking,
1: meow, meow. Yeah,
0: and apparently, again, according to Wikipedia, <laughs> Clive Barker, apparently at one point, was planning a fourth film, which would be a Candyman Hellraiser franchise mm, I heard up I heard that a long time ago. Candyman meeting Pinhead. Maybe. What an awful idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Clive. But they might still do a fourth film. I think it'd be good fourth if they do a fourth one. It'd be great if they could get Clive more involved in it. Yeah, because we haven't said this. He was involved in this one, but only is the executive producer. Mm. So apparently he did swap story ideas and bits and pieces to do with the film with the writer and director. Mm. who We haven't said his name yet. His name is Bernard Rose, Mm. and he did a bloody good job. Excellent. But I think he and Clive Barker were talking about the story and what should happen and this and that. But when they came to film it... I don't think he was very involved at all. Clive Barker, this is. Mm-hmm. I don't think Clive was very involved. But he, he does like it. He's gone on record saying he thinks the film is really good. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so he should. It's a, it's a very good story, very good film. It's much better than a couple of the other adaptations of his stories <laughs> that were done more recently. Absolutely. Which we'll get to at some point.
1: Mm, we, will, we will do all of these films, these um, yeah. Clive Barker films.
0: Because there aren't many, really. No. So it won't take long absolutely
1: um, but yeah Tony Todd's now a, an icon
0: completely Well, a, of horror Candyman immediately was up there with Jason, Freddy, Leatherface Michael Myers and Pinhead
1: mm. um, and he's gone on to sort of play a lot of characters that are quite similar in a way <laughs> <laughs> his sort of character in the recurring character in the Final Destination films oh yeah uh, is basically like <laughs> more placid Candyman
0: who can take a sunrise sprinkle it with dew? Cover it in chocolate and the miracle or two. Candyman? The Candyman. Candy. Speaking of Tony Todd, actually, and we mentioned the character of the Candyman earlier on and his sort of motivations and things. Mm. I've got a quote here from, from him, from a magazine, Gore Zone magazine in 1992, I got this quote from Clive Barger Info, the mm-hmm. website and he says there's a certain saint-like quality about him since it was rare for a black person to become an artist in 1860 but the same society that made Canny Man ends up rebuking him when he falls in love with a white woman, so Canny not supposed to be a little pissed off, he suffered a wrongful death just at the point of becoming a dominant creative force and now he's going to make a different contribution to society oh, so, yeah he's p- pissed
1: off <laughs> <laughs> he is pissed off yeah. But that, that that goes back to what we were saying about this this idea of contributing to society, of, of, yeah. of sort of becoming a force that's necessary mm. for people. Yeah, which is really interesting. Um, and it, again, it goes back to her character, you know, the characters of these researchers kind of messing with things that they don't really understand. Yeah. Like, is it wrong that Cabrini Green was under the thrall of this Candyman mythology? Yeah.
0: yeah. It certainly wasn't nice, but is, is that not the mm-hmm. way it should be? I don't know. Yeah. Another thing that apparently happened, Virginia Madsen apparently was hypnotised for certain moments in the film. Why? Well, <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, there's a quote here from Clive Barker, which says, she was hypnotised for certain scenes, for example, the sequence with the bees. Virginia was susceptible to stings and was very nervous, so the whole set was cleared while Bernard spent ten minutes putting her into a trance.
1: Well, so because she was frightened of the bees, she was hypnotized. Yeah. It wasn't something, uh, something to do with
0: her acting. Because I'd heard that she was hypnotized, and when I watched it again recently, there was those two moments when she first meets him, when she looks like she's in a complete daze. Yeah, and I assumed it was those bits they were talking about. <laughs> but then, according to this interview, it was the bit with the bees. I would have thought it would have been to stop her being frightened of the bees. Yeah, she makes was more allergic sense. to them. <laughs>
1: Yeah um, But that's I mean that's very interesting I like the but kind of good way But good for that her though, It's really jumping in there Oh god yeah I'd be terrified If I, if I was allergic to
0: bees That mm. scene would be awful I don't think I've ever been Stung by bees So I might be allergic to them I don't know Oh it's not nice It's I not nice Look forward to it Yeah Unless I'm allergic And I might die <laughs> Carry on What were you going to say? <laughs> I was going to
1: say I like the thing of, um, That Candyman Kind of Romances her but yeah. when he turns up she's yeah. kind of in a daze and she's like I need to go and he's sort of going be my victim you mm. know he's he's kind of seducing her he is and, 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 and what he's offering isn't that bad where well, he's saying like you know you can be immortal you can be a creature that exists in people's dreams that exists in whispers yeah she will be dead though. she will be dead yeah but you know by that point, she's got nothing to lose because everybody
0: thinks she's well, a murderer. when she first meets him. No, I
1: mean, as it goes on. Yeah.
0: He basically puts her after, in a position where she can't refuse. After Bernadette gets killed, especially, because there's no getting around that.
1: No. And she sort of thwarts his plan by becoming a sort of folk hero, in yeah. a way, because she saves the baby mm. in full view of everybody. Yeah. And Candyman is destroyed. Well. For now. For now.
0: Although, Sam, I haven't seen the sequels. For all I know, they might be prequels.
1: <laughs> I like the idea that a character can exist in stories. Mm. I think it's a very Clyde Barker idea that yeah. um, the myths make the flesh real, you know, and then if they yeah, go away yeah. again, they go away, and then they can come back again. Resurge.
0: No, I agree, yeah. And the idea of him seducing her is reminiscent of, you know, Frank, skinless Frank seducing Julia. And mm. There's a lot of... I mean. A lot of Clive Barker's books and writings and films are this whole you know, violence and sex is very closely linked. Yes. And it's about
1: um, transforming in a way. You know, like the Cenobite uh, Candyman is offering her to become some evil creature. But there's a certain amount of attraction in that kind of offer. Yeah.
0: I didn't get from watching it that he was offering her that... That's what I got from it. What, oh, what really? did you get from it? Just that he was offering her to be famous in stories and folklore. Yeah, I didn't I... get that she'd be able to be a powerful
1: Oh, that's what I got from demon, it. Because he kept sort of saying, like, me and you together, you know, you, we, you know and I understand but that. But like I've
0: said before, I, I'm really dense when it comes to getting <laughs> things in films.
1: Because she's then become this monster through...
0: Because for me, it was a big surprise twist at the end when she
1: turns up. Yeah, well maybe that's the way it's supposed to be. Maybe that's just me reading too much into it. Mm. But at the time I thought she was going to become like his partner in crime and she would be a sort of, you know, powerful creature.
0: When did you first see the film then?
1: I can't remember. When you were a kid? When I was little, yeah. yeah. It was a long time ago. And I remember being quite frightened of it. Yes. But I remember particularly being frightened of the locations, actually. I think it was very clever, the, the tenement buildings, the corridors were covered in graffiti, and the dark places, and the toilet where she goes, Yeah, I thought they were all really scary, because I think those kind of places are scary in real life, because mm. there is something to be scared of, of getting mugged or murdered or whatever, Yeah, so that takes it out of this, oh you're in a haunted house, it puts it in a place where we all go, Yeah, in the urban so. sprawl
0: I don't think I was very scared of it when I was a kid. But then again, I, was, I didn't get scared of much when I was a kid. I watched a lot of horror films. and I just watched them for either violence or nudity. <laughs> you got a bit of both in this. So I you did were, get a bit of both. Um, I, 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 mean, I remember watching it the first time, thinking how much she looked like Gillian Anderson to me. She does, she and does I was a massive X-Files like, fan at the yeah. time. Because it had been on for a, a year or two probably by the time I watched it. And so there was the bit where she gets naked in the bath. And I was like, I think this is as close to seeing Julian Anderson naked as I'm going to get. And I remember thinking that. I must have been about 12 crumbs. <laughs> crumbs! But that's how my brain worked back in those days. And then all of a sudden there was some violence went, yeah! <laughs> so I wasn't, I don't think I was scared. I, I didn't get scared very much, which is, I mean, says a lot about me, I guess.
1: Well, it's weird because I, when I was younger, used to get extremely scared of horror films, but I couldn't stop watching them. Mm. And then now I don't get scared at all but I love them the only, I've
0: always loved them the only films that really scared me and gave me nightmares were Nightmare on Elm Street the first one and An American Werewolf in London hmm. which I still I still find both of those films scary to this day I used to have really vivid nightmares
1: about these films and I hmm. remember walking back from like a friend's house watching them secretly yeah and, and, and looking over my shoulder and, and going <laughs> well, you said before that's how you first watched Hellraiser yeah. in a friend's house yeah It was always around a friend's house watching all of these films (laughs) because my parents wouldn't let us watch them. Um, And I used to terrify myself
0: with them. I wasn't allowed to watch them either. I just found them. I remember my mum coming into the lounge once and watching me. I'd found a video of Poltergeist. I was watching it and she turned it off. (laughs) So, of course, I had to watch it (laughs) the next time she was
1: not in. I kind of miss being so frightened because it's like you're so engaged. There are some films that frighten me now. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still... I,
0: I can't think of any... Well paranormal activity really got me. Oh that did, actually. Yeah. yeah. And it gets me every time I watch it. <laughs> I feel I feel really silly being frightened by that film because it's just No way. If you if you so... watch it late at night with all the lights off, on your own preferably, and wearing headphones so you can hear all the And you same get a mate to slam a door and in. And you the get house. a mate to slam a door and there's a demon in the room <laughs> and then it's really No, I've done it before and I've really scared myself. Yeah. I think well, I think I'm always more frightened
1: by films where It's a ghost, or it's some unseen force, rather than it is a person. Yeah, like that frightens me more than Candyman. You know, because you're like, well, he's a thing.
0: Yeah. Even though you can appear anywhere, you can run away from him. Yeah, and the beauty of the paranormal activity films is, you know, they're they're set in your house wherever you live. Absolutely, things could happen to you. Absolutely. But anyway, sorry, Candyman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, it got me. Made me scared. It was good. It's a very good film. Yeah. And I'm sure you've all seen it because it was it's one of these very popular classic horror films. And um, and it's good. It's but good, it's a good time. It's a, it's it's quite a sort of cerebral film in a way. It's not
1: mm. it's not a slasher film, I wouldn't say. Because it's not it's often it's not described body, as a slasher exactly, film. Exactly, but it's not like a massive body count. It's not like loads of people are getting killed all, no. all the time it? in it. No. and it's about the whole film is about ideas and stories and urban legends and myths and things yeah. that are may or may not be real and someone sort of slowly sliding into madness yeah so it's not what I would consider a slasher film it's not like Jason who's just going from one room to another murdering people no no it's not it's got a lot more to say
0: hmm
1: that's good well sometimes slasher films are good you know
0: yeah I I, I really like slasher films big fan of slasher films depends what you want depends what you're after one thing I I want to say before we go is I'm cross oh no (laughs) because the Candyman DVD the collector's edition has a commentary and loads of special features and some making ofs and all this bits and pieces. And I don't own that. Oh. And I knew that we were going to do Candyman for the for the show, for the podcast. Mm. So I bought the Blu-ray. Yeah. Thinking it would have all these special features on it as well. The UK Blu-ray release of Candyman has nothing on it. It's a completely vanilla release. It's got no special features, no commentary, no making ofs, nothing, nothing. It looks nice. The film looks nice. mm but I was I wasn't very happy when that turned up. It just well they they need to realise that Blu-ray is the way forward. But you can get more information on a Blu-ray disc than a DVD. So why it's just laziness, shut it, it all on there? Laziness. Laziness. So I'm talking to you, Blu-ray company, who put this film out. I'm not happy. Anyway, that's my little rant. Right, so I think that concludes our discussion about Candyman. Mm. Thank you all for listening. Thank you. And just to remind you all, we have a Twitter account at HellraiserCast. We have a website, hellraiserpodcast.com. There's an email address, hellraiserpodcast at hotmail.co.uk. And our next podcast, we're going to go back to the comics, back to the Boom Studio comics that came out last year. Mm -hmm. I'm going to carry on from where we left off. We got to issue eight. So we're going to carry on from issue nine. Hmm. Marvelous. Yeah, so have a re-read yeah. of those, of those ones, and we'll be with you very shortly to talk about what's happening in that world. Yeah. Ooh. So in the meantime, thanks for listening. I'm Peter. Thanks, Phil. Thank you, Peter. <laughs> Good. And we will see you very soon. Goodbye. Goodbye, everyone.